If you're able to stand, I want to invite you to stand um, in honor of God's word. Uh, I, I do plan to, to, to go through the whole book of Revelation today, but I want to start in Revelation chapter one and verse one, which tells us what the book is about. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And this revelation of Jesus Christ, we're told, look in verse three. Um, it matters that we hear it. Verse three says, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear the words of this prophecy and who keep what is written in it for the time of Christ's return is near. But then I want you to look down in verse 17 to see how Jesus uh, reveals himself um, for the first time in this book. Look in, look in verse 17, what, what he says. John the Apostle sees the Lord in glory and he falls down at the feet of Jesus as though dead. But Jesus laid his right hand on John saying, fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. Beloved, this is the word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Well, happy Easter. I said, happy Easter, happy colors, happy flowers, happy moped. Uh, Y'all seen that bunny? That's the way we do in Graham. We got the happiest bunny cruising around in style on a moped, if you can find them. I I remember what it's like to have moved from the big city um, to a small town. So I've been trying to tell David from time to time, this is what life is like in the small town. You don't like looking in Chicago for an Easter bunny on a moped. In Dallas, they're probably hitchhiking. And I'm telling you, don't pick them up. Uh, the cigarette in their mouth is a dead giveaway. They're a creep. Um, but ours is happy. Guys, I haven't slept much. And this is the way the sermon may go the whole time. Happy Easter. Uh, I had a happy Easter week this week. I was uh, walking and praying for what the Lord would do this week. And my walk took me by the library and it was a good timing because they, uh, there was a bunch of teenagers out there preparing for that big Easter egg hunt that they hosted at the at the library. I thought that was really cool uh, until I walked by and I saw uh, one apparently very lazy teenage girl with a uh, like two dozen eggs that. She looked like she was just over it. You know, she just threw them down, um, didn't hide them at all, uh, just stacked up like two dozen eggs in one spot. I'm thinking that's a lame girl. Um, I'm guessing uh, that whichever greedy little kid saw that stack um, was pretty happy about it. Who wants to be happy? Today is a great day to look for happiness. And and so we come to the book of happiness. I don't know if you thought of Revelation that way. All the beasts and the blood. All the trumpets and the trouble. 
It's a book of happiness. It promises complete blessing. Complete happiness. What we're doing today is we're going to walk through the seven blessings. I read one earlier in verse 3. The seven blessings. Blessing is God's word for happiness. And he's put seven of them to symbolize that you can find in the book of Revelation complete. The number of completion. Complete blessing. So the title of the sermon is How He Blesses Us. How he blesses us. Revelation is a book of the risen Christ who is offering to us God's complete blessings. Now I want you to understand, and if you've been with with us through this series, I don't have to remind you, but I I want you to understand... uh, because Christ is written that that or risen, that doesn't mean that um, you're only going to feel happiness. Revelation says that following the Lord Jesus, hear me, following the Lord Jesus is really hard. But if you are someone who wants happiness, lasting blessing. Only the risen Christ can give it to you. Let me give it to you in a sentence. All blessings are given because Christ is risen. That's the summary of this sermon. All blessings are given by God. From the ground of. And with the explanation of Christ being risen. We're going to walk through one by one these seven blessings. They're they're not in any specific order. We're just going to pick them up one by one as they come to us and crack them open like those eggs we might find after a really successful hunt. And what we want to see is how he blesses us. How Christ blesses us. The first blessing the risen Christ blesses us with comes in the the third verse that I've already read to you. Chapter one, verse three. The first blessing is Christ's word. Do you understand what God says in one verse three? And, And that is. You are blessed, whether you feel like this is a blessing sitting and listening to this sermon or not. You are blessed when this book is preached. Because it reveals Jesus Christ. It is not only that Jesus is the author of this book. He is the subject of the entire book. And friends, Christ's word is a blessing. And if you find a blessing. Don't take that in moderation. Uh, That is one thing you don't want to take in moderation, and that's God's blessings. What what I'm trying to say from chapter one, verse three, is you should never be content knowing just a little bit about Christ. Do you know him? 
as the one God reveals to those He blesses in this book? Do you know what it means for the Lord Jesus to be the promised Son of Man? Do you know that blessing that Christ is the Lamb of God and the Shepherd of God's people? Do you know that He is also the white horse rider and the bearer of a two-edged sword? That's what we're seeing week in and week out as we walk through this wonderful book. And even if not one of us understands every bit of this book, God says, I bless those who read it. And I bless those who just hear the revelation of my risen Christ. One thing that's such a blessing about this word is that it tells us truth that we won't hear anywhere else. Look over to the second blessing in chapter 14. Chapter 14. Turn to the right to chapter 14 and verse 13. Here's the second of seven blessings. I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. From now on, blessed indeed, the spirit speaks up and says, I agree with that. Blessed indeed that they may rest from their labors for their deeds. Follow them. Where else are you going to hear? Blessed are the dead. Happy Easter to you. Death terrifies so many. I think it's the unknown part of death. Like, how is it going to happen to me? When is it going to happen to me? There's a lot we don't know, but revelation gives us things we can know. And that is that death brings rest. Now, some of you workaholics think this is your verse, like, uh, I'm going to work hard, hard, hard. I can, you know, sleep when I'm dead kind of thing. But that's not what he's getting at here. When he says rest comes to those who die, he's saying there will be no more temptation when the Christian dies. No more temptation to doubt God. No more failure in loving anything more than God. There will be no more tears. There will be no more loss. There will be no more rejection. There will be no more heartbreak. Christ's rest is this second blessing that he offers to us. Whenever Jesus was dying on the cross and he said, it is finished. What he was saying was now I have endured the cross. Now I can rest from all of my labors to save God's people. And what is amazing 
is that before he said that, he shared the promise of rest with that believing sinner dying next to him. When he said, today you will be with me in paradise. How he blesses us. If you trust the risen Christ, whether you die as a teenager, leaving behind heartbroken loved ones, or if you die after all your loved ones are long gone. If you trust the risen Christ, whether it is cancer that kills you or a speeding car that kills you, whether you die peacefully in your sleep or violently by the sword, when you die, you will be blessed because then you can rest. Isn't it comforting? This phrase that we often say whenever someone has died in pain and we say, at least their suffering is over. Beloved, that is so comforting. And it is a fact. If your life shows you live for Christ. If your life you see as being filled with your opportunities. This is all we got to labor and work for my risen Savior. If that is you, your suffering is over at death. But for those who ignore Christ, death is just the beginning of suffering. One way Christ blesses us is by telling us the truth always. Even when it's really hard truth. And so the third blessing the risen Christ blesses us with, according to the book of Revelation, is Christ's warning. Christ's warning. You see that in chapter 16 and verse 15. Verse 16 and verse 15. A third blessing comes. Behold, I am coming, the Lord says, like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake. Keeping his garments on that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed. That's a blessing to hear. Have you come to the point in your life where you understand what a blessing you have when you've been warned? Oh, you don't have to be warned. But it is a blessing to be warned. And here is the warning Needed, maybe especially for Bible Belt, Texas. So many people do not know Jesus Christ is the judge. What he's saying is the one who beat death is coming back to defeat unbelievers. He says, I'm coming like a thief. That is, my judgment will come when you don't expect it. It'll come suddenly as if 
like a thief in the middle of the night when everyone's asleep and no one's on guard. So listen, if you're not if you're someone who's not devoted to the Lord Jesus. If, if, if gathering for worship is kind of a strange thing for you to do, I want you to know how glad I am that you are here. And I, I hope you feel very welcome and loved here. You are always welcome here. And I just want to encourage you. That. It is not wise to just come to church on Easter. Christ's warning. Tells us. That God's blessings. Aren't given to one day a year Christians. They're not given to even one hour a week Christians, but it's to those who stay awake. In other words, they're always ready for judgment. Jesus is calling his people to be wise, to do everything you can. Not to offend the Christ because he's coming and he's coming to judge soon. And this is the blessing that actually is the next one up in in our just regular going through the book of Revelation. We'll be in Revelation 16 in a few weeks. And and I hope you'll be here with us for it. Because for those who are awake. Christ is not going to come as a judge. Listen, he's going to come to give his hand. To give his hand. The fourth blessing is in chapter 19 and verse 9. Where Christ gives his hand. Look in chapter 19 and verse 9. The angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. I'm just struck right now that so many of these blessings, not only are so wonderful, uh, they're so reliable. I mean, once a blessing is given, you hear the spirit or an angel come in and say, amen. That's exactly right. This is true to be blessed by being invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. That is what it means to be truly happy. I wonder what you imagine heaven is going to be like. Often we're picturing the things that we enjoy most about earth. We're in heaven riding horses and this. That's what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I'm just riding horses like I do down here in a picturesque Pasture. Or, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, for those who don't know me, I don't ride horses. So let me move on to something else. Uh, some of you may imagine something else. You're fishing with your grandpa as long as you want. Or floating on clouds, just strumming your guitar. But what God says is heaven will be like a wedding. 
And for everyone who does not just have a casual commitment to Christ, for everyone who doesn't just have a shallow commitment to Christ or a temporary commitment to Christ, we are promised Christ's hand. Beloved, verse 9 isn't saying, blessed are those who are invited and that, you you know, believers are just going to be a guest who's tucked away in some corner way in the back of the reception so that the groom has no chance of running into you. You know, that's not the kind of invitation we're given. The church is called the bride of Christ. And this is a blessing that the empty tomb of Easter guarantees. It's a guarantee, believer, that you, with all your weaknesses, with your special brand of doubts, with all the specific ways you have terribly failed the Lord Jesus. You are not an annoyance to him. You're not someone that he is just enduring. You were described as the spouse he dearly loves. God is reaching for the most intimate relationship we know in order to describe our Savior's Affection and his devotion to each one who knows him. All blessings are given because Christ is risen. Christ's word, Christ's rest, Christ's warning, Christ's hand. But then there's a fifth blessing we need to get to. It's Christ's resurrection. Christ's resurrection. Look in chapter 20 and verse 6. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ. And they will reign with him for a thousand years. Have you ever thought... That if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, there is not a single blessing God could justly give you. What I mean is, if if it was never in the plan of God to offer up a perfect sacrifice to cover our sins, then all the holy God would be able to give sinners is his judgment. On the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And if he had not made the promise of sending someone who would die for them, then he would have destroyed them right then. And there would be no reason to give the blessing of children or any blessing at all. And if Jesus just died and stayed dead, then that would mean God did not have a sacrifice that he accepted or a savior who can live to save. Did you know that if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, there is not a single blessing you have ever enjoyed that could ever be given to you. Every kindness of God is based upon his plan to send a son To die for sinners, to remove our guilt and give his blessings. 
God's justice would demand only punishment of us. And would not allow him to give any kind of blessing. There would be no reason. It's because Christ is risen that God can bless anyone. Any blessing. And what's amazing is Christ doesn't just share his paradise with our bodiless souls. So completely does Christ share his life with his bride. That we will be raised. Just like he was. Christ's resurrection. Means that he will give to us new bodies. That can never ache, can never die, and that have the ability to actually enjoy that wedding's rich feast. New bodies that will be able to make the most of the wedding festivities. This is why we sing, oh, trampled death, where is your sting? All the sting of dying. Because we're sinners to then go and face a holy God and be judged forever. It's all gone. Because Christ took that sting for us. So when we die, well, we're going straight to paradise. And then we're waiting to get even more blessing from him. His resurrection for us. Listen, I preached earlier this week in Almond. They, they talked a whole lot more to me. I'm just saying, like, I'm trying up here. It's okay to talk back at this point. Let me give you a little something more. Maybe it'll help you. There was this little boy who loved going to the store with his mother. Uh, he loved going there because every time they got to the register, the manager of the store would, would tell the little boy that he can reach into the candy jar and take home whatever he grabbed. But every time uh, this offer was made to him, he just stood there looking at her until she would reach in for him and put a handful of candy in their shopping bag. And, and this goes on visit after visit. And his mother finally says to him, why do you keep doing this? She's offering you candy every time. Why do you make her get it for you? And the little boy just said, because mommy, her hand is a lot bigger than mine. Every one of us is trying to get as much happiness out of this life as possible. I just hope you understand God's hand is much bigger than yours. And now that Christ has risen, he's digging all the way down and getting all the goodies. And he gives them all. And I've got two more blessings to cover and then I'll be done. Blessing number six comes in verse chapter 22, verse seven. And it's the blessing of Christ's commands. The blessing of Christ's commands. That's a blessing. Verse 7 of chapter 22. Behold, Jesus says, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words 
or obeys or guards the words, personally applies the words of the prophecy of this book. Listen, all the all the happiness in this world, and there is happiness on offer in this world, but all of it will end. Too much chocolate will turn your stomach. Flowers die. Muscles waste. Inheritance runs out. Even the closest relationships end. But the blessings that God offers us in the risen Christ never fade and can't be sold. They will be given as a guarantee to everyone whose life is marked by obedience to Christ's command. Blessed is the one who keeps the words. That's who gets the blessing. In church, it's a blessing to have someone who is raised to be our king. And you know kings make commands. But this king who died for us only commands us things that will lead us to life. So keep them. I don't know about you. I don't always keep them. So what if we disobey him? Well, the seventh blessing that the risen Christ blesses us with is Christ's blood. Chapter 22 and verse 14. I told you these blessings aren't arranged in any kind of specific or meaningful order, I don't think, but I'm glad this one's last. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life, that they may enter the city by the gates. The Bible began in a garden. We were kicked out of that garden because of sin. And the Bible ends in a garden. And it took the entire Bible to get us back there. And it took blood to get us to be able to eat of that tree that makes us live forever. You should be very interested in that tree. Who is it that gets the right, God says, to eat of that tree in the garden of God? There's a strict dress code, beloved. This is why we talked this morning about getting all dressed up. 
We're told you can only eat of the tree of life if you're wearing white robes. This is nothing you can get at Boaz or whatever the cool place is on the square satin spur. You've already got robes. The problem is your robes, like mine, are filthy. And they are filthy with the countless ways that we have sinned against God. You should be very interested in eating of this tree, that tree that God created the world for us to enjoy with Him forever, that no one can get in there and and enjoy unless they have white robes. You should be interested if you believe you have filthy robes from your own sins. How is it that I can wash those robes? Well, let me tell you about a third grade teacher who had this rotten little girl in her class. Uh, this rotten little girl um, was rotten because she took a tack and she put it in her sweet teacher's chair so that when the teacher sat down, she was none too pleased. Uh, realize there's lots of teachers in here uh, who may be cussing me right now um, because I'm giving ideas to, to other little kids in here. Uh, kids, the story's not over. Um, because what happens is the teacher, once she finished fussing about the pain that she was in, she got out her paddle. You see, little kids, in the good old days, um, we've got an administrator here, he can maybe bring back the good old days. In the good old days, you could go to school to learn your letters and get a whooping. And that teacher was interested in giving out that whooping. Uh, so when no one fessed up, for putting the tack in her chair, she lined up the entire class and every one of them was going to get a whooping. And that little girl was the first one in line. And she wouldn't admit it. Well, in the back, there was a boy who loves that little girl. Rotten as she was. And he could not bear to see her in pain. So he hollered out, I did it. And he's the only one who took the punishment. If y'all know where I'm going, y'all can help me along. Our filthy robes need to be washed. And the Bible tells us Jesus was crushed. That his blood was spilled. And that his Blood can cleanse us and make our robes white as snow. The difference between what Jesus did and that little story I told is Jesus didn't lie. The one who was punished knew what he was doing. And the one who was punishing him knew what he was doing. God and his son knew that only Christ's blood could get us any blessing. That only His blood 
could wash us and get us back to life with God. So listen, if you are someone who has not devoted your life to Jesus, listen to me. You need blood and it is available to wash you now. Listen, Christ's blood can wash you even if you are guilty of the worst sins that anyone has ever committed. Even if there are sins that you are hiding from everyone else, Christ can cleanse you of it. If you are guilty of murder, you can be washed. If you are guilty of molestation, you can be washed. Christ's blood can cleanse the sin of the self-righteous. Those people right here who were offended that God would forgive someone who have who has committed such terrible sins. People who think they don't need any forgiveness of all. Well, that can be washed clean by the blood of Christ as well. The self-righteous can come to be washed and those who rape can come to be washed. Those who commit adultery can be washed and those who are addicted can be washed. Those who are proud and those who are committed to pornography. Those who disrespect their parents and every one of us for all the ways that we have dishonored, not just human parents, but God Almighty. Beloved, the good news is Christ's grave may be empty, but his blood still hasn't dried up yet. Every time disobedience gets you dirty, Christ's blood can get you clean. How he blesses us. How he blesses us. All starts with blood. And beloved, don't ever get too far away from the blood. No matter what else happens that threatens your happiness in this life. If blessing is what you want, go back to the blood. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's true. And we pray that everyone here would be blessed. We're praying that everyone here would put all their hope in the risen Christ. And we ask this in his name. Amen.